Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Coming to you from the dumpster behind Arby's, it's the Footy Prime Show with Jimmy Brennan. Tonight, comedian Craig Forrest. Astronaut and physicist James Sharman. And musical guest, Wong in a Thong. And now... 1998 runner-up for best in show at the Westminster Dog Show, Jimmy Brennan! Runner-up, runner-up in the dog show. Now, <laughs> as far as I walk my hair, Jimmy, you're, you're generally speaking uh, top of the podium in the dog show. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, well, according to your story, you just regaled to us off camera. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had a delivery, boys. What is this? Is that Puma gear? Oh. What have we got there? Oh. you got to describe it, Craig, because we're not on camera. For the listeners, that's why they're called listeners. Oh, Puma sent us a, a nice little gift pack here. We all got uh, tracksuits and various other things. I just got it. So that's amazing. Oh, I can't wait. This will be our team picture when I turn us into animated animated posts. Hey, did you Puma. give me a medium? Yeah, I got you an extra small boys. <laughs> <laughs> so does this mean that Puma is like a, a sponsor of ours now because we get free gear? Sure. Yeah. Why not? So shall we say today, let's say today Footy Prime is brought to you by Puma, even though, you know, we've got to work out the logistics, but it might just be gear. But you know what? I like yeah. free stuff. Let me I go like back Puma. to the box and let me go back to the box and I'll see what's going on. What's it called? That uh, that YouTube that all the kids are doing, the unwrapping. Unboxing. 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 It's the yeah. unboxing. Craig's doing yeah. the unboxing yeah, video for go. us. <laughs> How many tracksuits did it give you? Or do we got to share that? Yeah. We'll share them, Jimmy. <laughs> you, <laughs> me, you, you. Actually, I think it's Sharms, Jimmy, and I are all about the same height. So, yeah. uh, well, listen. We, you know what? It's, you guys are all divorced with kids, so you guys can figure out how it works. You know what days we get what, right? We kind of follow the, the cycle you have with your kids and your exes. Well, hey, three days on, three days off. Is that how it is? Yeah, we'll do that with the tracksuits. Oh, oh they're Track nice. bottoms <laughs> as well. With tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> that's amazing thanks Puma we're really happy nice. keep, keep, keep unboxing there Craig and, and we'll start the show here welcome to yeah. Free Find the Podcast you guys, as you, you heard they, Curtis JC Wong is here Jimmy's here 
Craig's here. Dunlop's still somewhere in a foreign distant land called CBC, covering that, the Olympics, of which I've watched very little, if any. I've got nothing against the Winter Olympics, but I just can't really get into it. Oh, are there shoes there as well, Craig? Go go Norway, that's all I can say. Are these shoes? But Craig never asked us once for our shoe size. No. See, I don't well, think not, this woman knows what they're doing. They just these might be in. just for me. Oh, oh, just for you? <laughs> that's not so fair. Wrong. So wrong. with you, Puma. I'm just well, kidding. Hold on a minute. I'll see. So, yeah, Winter Olympics. Yeah, can't get into it. Kind of bored of it right now. Kind of wish it was just over with at the moment. Canada crashed out in the quarterfinals of the hockey. Craig finds that very amusing. This is our, our pre-show conversations, just regaling for the audience, because I'm sure they want to know what we talk about off-camera. Um, the big news, football-wise this week, uh, at least locally anyway, is the official news, Jimmy, that Josie Altador has finally left Toronto FC. Bought out. He's on his way to the Revs with the yeah. worst turf in the league. We'll talk about that later. But how bitter... Do you think the divorce actually was between Josie and Toronto FC? Um, look, I, I think maybe it was it was time. It was time. And you cannot take any credit away from Josie and what he did to, for this organization. Um, you know, he, he was all, he was a part of the team that, that won the MLS Cup, the Supporters Shield, um, you know, Eastern Conference, the Canadian Championship. He's won three of them. You know, he's done an awful lot for this club. And sometimes all fairy tales got to come to an end, and sometimes they're a little bit sour at times. But um, you, you can never forget the positives and, and what he's done to the, for this organization. Um, and I, I wish him all the best. I, I really do. You know, it can't always be rosy all the time in football. Um, you're going to have those little patches where you, you don't get on with, with managers or organizations or teammates. Um, but overall, I thought he had great success with this club. Um, and I genuinely wish him well. And I still remember when I played against him when he was playing for the Red Bull. And he was 17. And you knew right away, this, this kid's a talent. He's got something. And he was a beast. Um, and that's when he ended up getting bought by, was it Villarreal or who was it that he got bought by? Went to Spain. Went to a few places. Yeah, yeah Villarreal, I think was a few. Yeah. yeah, Villarreal, he ended up getting bought for them. And, you know, he did his time in Europe and came back um, to MLS. And, uh, look, I think was it was 139 games, 60-odd goals he scored for the club. So you can't take that away from him. Um, and a lot of the times, guys, we it's all speculation. We don't know exactly what's happened behind the scenes and, um, and what certain motives are. Um, but I, I wish him all the best, and I hope he does well over in New England. I think you're right, Jimmy. I think it was time. I, he spent seven years. You know, that's a long time. Long time. As a club. And he still considers Toronto uh, his home and the, the memories that he had here. And so overall, it's been, it's, uh, it's been terrific. And unfortunately, he's leaving at a time when he's only scored, what, six goals or something and injuries and such over the last couple of years. And the team... Uh, playing away as well as the whole deal. But the move to New England is kind of an interesting one because they have three DPs already. So they've used, uh, whether they use Jimmy allocation money or something yeah. along those lines to be able to get him. Um, but how does he fit in? And if he doesn't fit in and he doesn't play, is he going to start rocking the boats 
there as well because they they scored 65 goals they were top leading goal scorers last year they got two outstanding forward players in Buxa and uh, and Bo where they scored 15 and 16 goals so yeah. it'll be interesting how they fit in but they're definitely a squad to be reckoned with for sure yeah Can I just mentioned that 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 I've never seen Craig with the stats this this authentic and this specific someone's been doing their homework well another thing is that thank goodness for the mls because he went over to europe he had some good spells uh, especially in the air to vise but two really horrible spells in the premier league where he scored two goals in 70 games so that level was just a little bit too much for him um also the teams he was playing were you know somewhat uh, responsible for that too but they knew when they brought him back over here that uh, he would score in Major League Soccer, and they brought him back in his prime, Javinko and in his prime, uh, probably overspent for them, you know. But thank goodness for for MLS for guys like him to come back and still make several million dollars after um, scoring as many goals as I think you, Sharms. I would bet that you in seventy Premier League goal games that I would think you get two. I reckon I would too. I mean, yeah. you, you got to think. In 70 games, you get a couple off the noggin, a couple off the arse, yeah. off the cock. You know, yeah. you, you have to think, just situate yourself in the box. He's a big body with Josie, right? A great athlete. you got to think, sit yourself in the box and, and someone, somehow, it's incredible bad luck, isn't it, to score just two goals in, in 70 games when you're a forward of that athletic stature. That's incredibly mm-hmm. bad luck. Well, how, yeah. about this one? how about this one, James? Okay. I played almost 150 games for Forrest as a, a fullback, a wingback, bombing down the line. I got one goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd, how'd you keep your job? And I you, uh, it. I you got a fullback, though. How many assists? So if you said you had just two assists, I'd say that's crazy. And I'm like, no, all right. I, I, that, that's if I had a lot of assists. But it just goes to show you, right? The odds, they are, you know, you. you the more games you play, something's going to happen. <laughs> you got to think. Do you remember your goals, Jimmy? I do. I, wait, wait, wait. Do you remember your goal, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a video of all the goals I started. I'm not. It's probably about fifty-three seconds long. <laughs> Wait, well, hey, listen, Jimmy. I say this much: you have more than Craig. So, hey, yeah. Listen, if he had more than me, I'd, I'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah, that would, wouldn't it? Did you ever almost score a goal, Craig? Was it close oh, to yeah. scoring? Yeah. Was that, and was that like late in the game up? In the, I know you got a great story, actually, from uh, jumping in the area late in the game. Yeah, a few times. Nearly scored at Spurs. That was cleared off the line. They had a guy in the far post, so it was, it was going in. And then... Uh, <laughs> There's no way it was going in. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. A guy cleared it off the line. What, you picked the corner? No, I just got up. And got, I got up and got my head on it. Just closed your eyes and just like just yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> and then against Mexico, we were when we were still drawing one one, and we needed to win that game to go to the World Cup. And uh, going out for set pieces, Dale Mitchell whipped one in, and oh, I was right there. They didn't get all of it on it as I got clattered in a ruck of players, but. Yeah, do you, do you think there's off. probably a, a large contingent of diehard Canadian fans, right? And rightly so, hold you responsible for Canada not qualifying for the World Cup because had you, you know, scored that sitter, Canada could have been in the World Cup. 
I think we would, Craig. It was late, late in the game. We would have been two one up. That was for ninety four, right? Yeah. Jeez, can you imagine had you scored that to put Canada in the World Cup? Everything it's could have changed. Adorable. You wouldn't be stuck in a podcast with us. No, no. two thousand and twenty two. <laughs> well, you might be surprised going to the World Cup doesn't exactly oh, well, you know put you enough. on a career trajectory. Even look at our, some of our boys, you know, with the Canadian team as successful as they are. They, you know, they, you know, with Richie's trying to get in the side at Nottingham Forest. Uh, Jonathan David goes back. I think he hasn't scored in five games. Five games, uh, yeah. Laren hasn't scored in seven. Uh, you know, um, it's kind of interesting uh, how that works and uh, how. Hey, so what, what are they doing with? Um, and I know this is full, full full tangent off of our rundown, James. Sorry, That's, but what are they? What is Richie doing now? Like, what he's at Nottingham? Are they saying, "Hey, you're not up to"? I'm trying to figure out. Is he out of shape right now because he hasn't been playing? He's been only playing World Cup qualifying. I'm, or is he just not up to the snuff right now? Or he's, he's on the bench. He's just arrived. So it's, 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 a situation, it's, it's a situation where he's, you know, trying to settle in. He's the manager and the team are super ambitious. They brought in some really strong players. And they got a couple of really good loanies as well. One from Sheffield United and one from uh, Middlesbrough, Spence. Yeah. Uh, he's only 21, I think, Spence. And he's got a, he's got a big price tag in the future on his back. So these are two guys that are, could be keeping or keeping him out as well as he's then out of sight, out of mind if he goes plays for the national team. Although Jamaica are after Spence now, uh, to see if he would come over, but although that was, Jamaica's got no shot. So it's, it's a difficult one because that's coming into the manager's mind. Uh, you, they're not losing games. They're on a great run of form and he's not going to change it. So what's he doing there right now? He'll be working as hard as he can. Uh, he'll be playing in reserve games. Um, although the intensity is never the same. And I look at the game. I think there's a game coming up against Sheffield United in early March, uh, where. I think it's low, can't play against his parent club. So who knows? Maybe that's the game he gets in on. And if he does well, then, you know, yeah. that's his chance. But you know how it is, Jimmy. It works. You know that club very well, too. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, where, where that club is right now um, and, the, and the squad that they have, they spent a lot of money. And it's it's going to be difficult for him because, you know, when he first get over, went over as well. It took some time for his visa to go through and get processed. And eventually he ended up going over. He started training. Um, he was on a bench and then he gets called into the national team. So then you're going back to play for Canada. Forrest won this little spell where they start beating Arsenal. Arsenal beat Leicester. Leicester, and then they're winning <laughs> in the league. And so they're picking up points and then he comes back. Now you, mm-hmm. the gaffer's not going to change that lineup, mm. right? Because the team's doing well. He's going to try to fit you at some capacity. Um, but then he's going to get asked to go back to the national team again relatively soon. So he, he's yeah. in such a, a predicament right now. I mean, the only good thing for him is he signed long-term. He's got a number of years where he can say, okay, look, I can find my feet this year, focus on the national team, try to break into this core squad. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be difficult for him. It really is. Um, and mind you saying that we had a conversation, didn't we, about the forest keeper, the American kid. Because Sama got ex- got suspended. Now the American, who was a national team goalie of, of the States, he's got this opportunity now to get in, be first team keeper, 
And now he's going to get called up for the national team. So now he's kind of, it's, it's almost a reverse role where you're actually getting into the club team. And now the national team's calling. You're going, oh, Jesus, now this is my opportunity. Getting in where a team's flying at the moment. Got a chance to get in the playoffs, into the, into the Premier League. I haven't played much. Now the national team's calling. And then if I go back to the national team, now Samba comes in and I've lost my spot again. And that was my opportunity. Yeah. And then the reverse is with, with Richie, where Richie's playing with the national team, but he can't break into the, the squad yet. So it's a tough situation for them. You know? It is. And, and you look at the goalkeeper or whatever his situation, his contract is, uh, you know, uh, I can understand why some individuals, and we've had them in the Canadian team, Junior Hoylet being one who was concentrating just on club football. He had nothing to do with any of the call-ups for Canada until it suited him and he needed it to put himself in the shop window. I can get that to a certain extent. Try to make as much money as you possibly can. And the United States, or playing internationally sometimes, can hinder that. It doesn't generally help it for the most part. It'll hinder it. Especially though, when you know, in Junior's point also, he knew that he was better than pretty much everyone else there at the time and he could pick and choose. Now, if a guy is contemplating playing for Canada, he, he can't wait. He can't, you know, see who else, else comes in to offer because there's some good players there who are going to make it mm-hmm. very hard for him to break in. Um, what, what is the biggest adjustment for a player like Richie, who, who, you know, a very good MLS player going to the league championship? What is the biggest adjustment footballing wise? For, for a player like him, Jimmy? I think footballing-wise, it's it's the grind. You know, you, you're playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, cup matches, and you have so many games uh, in that league. Um, mm-hmm. And every game's competitive. It really is. And it, it, that, that adjustment's going to take them some time because of the pace of the games as well. Um, you know, it's, it's not like in, in Major League Soccer times where you're playing in the summer. Um, you know, it's 90 degrees weather that the, the tempo's quite slow and you can move and you got to adjust or you're in altitude and you're not, you can't play that high tempo pressing game. You're in England, you're playing throughout the winter where it's cold and everything is just quick. It is fast, fast football. And he's got to adjust to that. And that's going to take a little bit of time to, for, for him to, to, to grasp what they're asking, um, and, and adapt to the league, um, and it's it's hard. I mean, we said it before. Every foreigner that goes over, it takes a little bit of time for them to settle in. It really does. It takes it takes a while um, until you find your feet. And then when he does adapt, I don't think he'll have an issue with it because you know he's he's quite a physical player and he's he's got a, he's got a great engine. Wants to get up and down the line, so he suits that English type of football. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just needs to get that opportunity and get games under the belt. And it's all about repetition. You need repetition. You have to play as many games as you can. You know, we were all, the we were also to play three games, get pulled out, play another couple games, get pulled out. He needs consistency where he's going to get in, keep his job for the next 15, 20 games. And all of a sudden he's on momentum and then, then he's done. He's set. We were also talking, Jimmy, about how, you're, you know, professionally, you're, he's, you're sometimes sitting there. You need a bad run of results by your team. Are you hoping you, for them deep down? Well, if they keep going on and they're going to cruise up the table, like, and he's not going to get in, I bet he needs one of the he needs one of the players in the position that he can go into <laughs> to have a nightmare. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit like when when I listen to the podcast and I'm not here and, and Dunlop's hosting, I, I hope it's a shit one. <laughs> and I hope it's awful and it's boring and there's no flow to it. And See, that's it is. Now, so, now Sam, you're being honest. That's it. That's exactly what football is. <laughs> you want the team to do well, but the guy that's in your position. Yeah. Right. You're kind of secretly going, 
oh, come on, man. Just have one stinker. Just have yeah. a stinker. And if he puts it out of bounds, you're like, yes. Oh, come on. But let us win 4-3, but let him be responsible for three goals, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, because you, when you look, like you, your contract will have, you know, uh, you, you know you've got your standard uh, player contract, okay? Where this, there's your salary for the year. But then all of a sudden, you're going to have uh, match appearances, right? So there's a bonus. Every game that you start, every game that you come off the bench, every assist, every goal, you know, so if you're in the top six, there's bonuses for being in the top six. So that's that's money in your pocket that you're losing that you're that you're losing potentially losing because that player's having he's keeping you out of the team. Yeah. So really, you want them to do well. You want to be the team player, but the man that's in your spot, you go, come on, have a stinker, so I can get in there, I can yeah. get my bonuses, and I want to be a part of this team winning. Right? Yeah. That's so inevitably what you want. And then on the other hand, like it's like for my position, for instance, winning and losing was completely irrelevant. You wanted the team to win, but you had to do your job number one. So if you won five games on the bounce and you let in a bad goal, you won three, two, three, one, two, one, whatever, you let a bad goal in every one of them, your chances are you're not playing that sixth game. You could lose five in a row and you played a blinder. One nil, one nil, two one, whatever. But you're going to play six game because and going to get another contract. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. kind of the it's it's not self preservation, but it's just doing your job, and you hope the results go well for the club. But it's it's it is irrelevant to your career. And they're the little nuances of football and professional sports that the average fan perhaps doesn't see. And when you see a player struggling out there and just can't understand why he's not happy in this situation. He's a professional footballer playing for a great, why isn't he happy? And well, there's so much behind the scenes that could be weighing on a player contract being a large part of it too. Right. So I think it's really interesting to kind of give players a little bit of credit when they have a bad run of form, you know, it's, it's not because they want to have a repair run of form. It could be a million things off the field causing issues, you know, yeah. within that club. We saw with Josie, for example, you know, under Chris Armis and falling out, you know, we're not quite sure what happened there, why it happened, but it, it did tarnish, I think, a little bit of Jose, Jose Altador's, um reputation and legacy. Now, I do think that it will soon blow over. I think he'll be one of the guys that returns when he's retired, you know, that he'd be paraded out before a big match, you know, get his name on BMO Field beside Danny Decchio and Jimmy Brennan on the wall of, Wall of Fame or Wall of Honor, whoever it's called. You're there, right, Jimmy? I'm assuming you are there, right? <laughs> you are there, right, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there, yeah. guys. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he, he wasn't paraded out just like that, though. We need no, not, no, he hasn't been, not yet. But one day, one day, you know, they'll they'll bring back, you know, Seba and you know the class of 2000 and whatever year it was. What year was it? 17, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, hey, they'll be you know deified and worshipped by the fans. But right now, do you think there's a little bit of tarnished to that old Josie Altador legacy. One more one more thing about Jimmy and uh, that Brennan thing. Still goes back to Nottingham Forest. A guy scored called Brennan Johnston for Nottingham Forest. Well, David Johnston is his dad who played with Jimmy. And you tell the rest of the story. Yeah, so uh well, David, David Johnson and I, we, we played together for years. Great, great guy. Very good friend. Yeah. You know, I went back to Nottingham a couple of years ago and went and hung out with him and went out for dinner and, and saw Brennan over at the, the training facility. And um, so anyways, when, when I was there, we were good friends. And 
Jonah was, was having a, another kid and he named his son Brennan Johnson. And not because I was his favorite player, his best <laughs> teammate, but because he loved, he loved the name Brennan. And that's how he ended up calling him Brennan, Brennan Johnson. So, and I remember when he goes, oh, this is Brennan Johnson. I was like, John, is that mine? Or like, what? <laughs> you should take credit for it, Jimmy, when you go back there. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, he's a, he's like a Brennan Johnson. He's a great kid. Um, John was a, John was a great guy. And it's lovely to see where, where Brennan Johnson is right now. Um, but that's the story behind it. Yeah. They, they, they like the name and, uh, and they, they give it to his son. And he's going to pay he's, child he's, he's for big money, by the way. He's Plus, you get the, to pay for child support in England, so it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> I know he might call me up. Actually, That's yeah. right. Here's this. he'd be like, "Hey, Brennan, give me some dough." <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, he's still uh, he's a black uh, black boy, and if he was white, that'd be different. Wong. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's safe. Well, listen, regardless of whether, you know, legacies are tarnished or not, you know, we know that Josie was, you know, a legend of, of the club. Um, but Bill Manning did say end of last season, there's a culture problem here. You know, the team lacked identity. There's some issues there. And you see in plays being moved out now, being Jose number one. Um, Oro, Oro also moved out this week as well. But I guess when Bob Bradley comes in, the new man in charge of pretty much all footballing things at that club and f- trying to find out what's wrong inside the room, it's pretty easy for him to figure it out, right? He asks yeah. his son, Michael, and then there's Justin Morrow, who's just recently retired now, is an executive behind the scenes now as a, a director of development as well. So you can really get some great insight, I guess, intel on what's wrong with that that group. But on that, and, and the second Bob Bradley was hired, which is obviously, you know, I'm sure a very good hire, but... Within that room, within that team, right, there's a culture between the players here, right? And there does need to be a separation, I assuming you guys tell me otherwise, that separation between the team and the staff, right? And obviously the captain's often the liaison between the captain, the uh, the, the coach and the players, but still, he's a teammate. Is that going to be a problem, do you think, for TFC when Michael's dad is the guy running the show? It's a, it's a fair question. It really is. A, it's a fair question. Um, and I, I imagine there might be a couple of players who are probably thinking, oh, you know, how, how is this going to work? And, but I think if, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I think Michael Bradley is probably one of the most professional football individuals I've, I've ever been around. And he's honest. He's to the point. He um, says it how it is. And his dad's pretty much the same way when you listen to him speak. Um, you know, he demands respect. He knows what he wants. Um, and I don't think there'd be any issues because I think everybody will have an understanding of what's expected, what's demanded. Um, and I think that culture is going to change very, very quickly in that dressing room. Um, because at the end of the day, as players, it doesn't matter who's managing. Everybody's got to be on the same page, buy into the same philosophy values that, that, that they're preaching. Um, and everybody has to be on board for the final reward, which is, which is winning the MLS, the MLS Cup. That's why we're playing. And that's what he, they're trying to build. Now, Bob's come in. Yeah, sure. You know, he'll probably listen to Michael, which I'm sure he will, or, and Justin, you know, two great guys that, that know this club inside out. But at the end of the day, uh, Bob's very, uh, very experienced, and he'll be making his own decisions. Um, he's been around a long time. He'll be going through the weeds. Um, he'll be looking uh, to get the, the cancers out of the dressing room that he doesn't feel is right. Uh, and he'll bring in his own individuals to make that team stronger. And he'll bring in his own individuals on the coaching staff and the players um, 
who are going to buy into what he's what he wants and what his beliefs are. And so I, I don't think it, I don't think it will make a, a huge a huge difference. Um, you know, just because Michael's in that in that dressing room. Um, you know, they're they're all professional enough, and I don't think it's not it's not like England, is it, Craig? Where you know the guys have been taking the piss, and the banter is going to be flying all over the place, and oh, there's dad, and dad. you know what I mean? I, I don't think that's going to be in that dressing room, and I don't think that the those they've got the type of players that are like that in there. I think they've, I mean, they've gone through that with a national team too. Um, you know, you're picking your own son into the U.S. national team. He's had to deal with it before. It's a little different now because as Michael gets older, he, you know, he might be in a position sometime where he has to drop him um, as he fades a little bit in his career. You know, that, that might come a day. But Jimmy's right. I think, you know, with, with his experience and his knowledge and being in this position before with Michael, um, I don't think it's a problem. He's, uh, he's experienced enough to know how to man manage and, like, you know, getting those cancers out and making sure that dressing room is solid from, from day one is really what he's doing now. And they're building that camaraderie as, as we speak in preseason. So we'll see what happens uh, in, in a short time when the league uh, gets underway. Yeah. There's more the players coming too, in. Right? Charms is that, you know, there's no better person to tell you that you're not playing. If your old man goes, you're not playing. What are you going to say to him? Well, it's, <laughs> it's worse to me when he says, you know, he says like you're not playing and you're not playing for us. You're playing for them. That's the problem. <laughs> you're not playing for us. Actually, you're going over to the Atlanta bench yeah, and yeah. you're playing for Atlanta today because we <laughs> want a better shot at beating them. Yeah. Imagine that. Listen, son, you're not playing, but on Sunday, you're going to be there for dinner. Your mom's making a, a big roast. Yeah, that's right. Who's that wine that I like? Do you want some Yorkshire pudding with that? Because you know whose side mom's going to be on, right? You know, she's going to hammer dad. Just hammer dad, right? Because you had there, you take it but out. But I, I find it interesting, though, that you bring that question up. I thought it was a really insightful question, Charms, and I know you're good at your job. But I, all these guys are professional. I understand that. But there's got to be – it's not so much – how these guys really are, but the perception of who they are. And, you know, perception is based on the individual. So if you're a player who's mistrustful of certain, like of uh, hierarchy and, and captains who have, have, you know, gone the wrong way on you there, there could be issues. I think it'd be difficult to be perfectly honest, to have the son of the coach at this level where, Hey, I went out and partied with, you know, hey, COVID's over and we we did it up till four in the morning. And, you know, I, I don't know. I and, and Bradley seems like a real straight and narrow guy, Michael. And I don't know if I would want to be sharing those stories that bond people in the locker room. Mm. You know, that's the stuff that there's this level of me that would be a little bit. I'm a little bit wary of that stuff. Yeah. So no, you're, you know what, Dan, you're you're right when you're saying I, and I see where you're coming from. But I think Michael's professional enough um, and understands that. And he wouldn't be he wouldn't be that guy. Mm. He wouldn't be that guy running back to his dad and saying, hey, dad, the voice did this. Or, no, I'm not saying he would not. either, though, Jimmy. You I'm know? saying that they might worry about it. So that yeah. changes their behavior. Mm. No, because, of course, of course. you know, I, I, well, yeah. does, does Michael does Michael have to prove himself to some of those newer players? The guys that have been there for years know him and know that, OK, that's not what he's about. But if you're if you're Lorenzo and senior arriving in July. Does Bradley need to prove himself a little bit saying, listen, I know my dad's the, the boss here, but you've got nothing to worry about from me. 
you're always proving yourself. I think that's what drives you to to keep going because you've always got people behind you and you're always trying to prove yourself and he's going to be wanting to do that. And that's what, yeah, that's drives you. There's people coming up wanting your jobs all the time. So it doesn't matter what age you are, where you are, you're always trying to prove yourself to a certain degree. So is the locker room not quite how perhaps some of us imagine it to be? Obviously, uh, a good team, you're, you're tight, you might be good mates, you might go out on occasion, or groups of you might go out frequently. But is it not that big, huge party atmosphere all the time? Because there is that level of professionalism there, and there is that acknowledgement that the guy beside you wants your job anyway. So there's a, there's a closeness to, to a certain limit. Can that, someone like myself who hasn't been involved in a professional locker room, is that something that perhaps I, I get wrong when I think you guys are that close all the time? Well, I don't think, I, I think you can be. I mean, the goalkeeper position is a little bit different too because there's only one spot. So, you know, if you're somewhat, you know, versatile, which Jimmy wasn't, uh, you know. <laughs> I saw I saw him just walk away from the camera. Very, <laughs> you can say it now. Yeah. yeah. But if you, you know, so there's one spot. You're training with the other goalkeepers every single day. Well, there's no point in having some sort of negative relationship or being bitchy with somebody uh, because you're after, he's after the same position. That's nothing to do with whatsoever. All the guys I ever played with, the mass majority were, the goalkeepers are great and still friends with them to the, to this day. It has nothing. So it was just, you're not really competing. Cause it's not like you can even, you're not even having a, a fight to see who wins and then you're going to play. Like it's no, it's a down to somebody's decision and an opinion. And, and uh, I felt we all usually had a, were warranted to be in the first, uh, first team. But uh, um, as far as, relationships with other players go, yeah, you can be close and compete with them at the same time. Yeah, for sure you can. Yeah. I agree. I've played in dressing rooms where, you know, I I did not see eye to eye with, with players or, and and, I mean, there's only a few because I I got along with every club that I was at. I got along with, with all all my teammates. There's only a couple of guys where I was like, I don't like you. And there's nothing about you that I like. And we're not going to be friends and we're not going to hang out, but we've got a job to do. And we're here to perform. We're here to get the results that we need to. Um, we're all under contract and we've got a job to do. So we, we've got to get along on the pitch. On the pitch, we have to work. Off the pitch, didn't matter. Didn't matter. I go my way, you go your way. But when it was time to work and we were on that field for 90 minutes, everything went out the window because it was a job. And we have a job to do. We've got to perform and get the results that we need. And then after the game, wash your hands, thanks. Well done, buddy. See you later. Done. You know? Yeah. There's only a few guys like that, that that I didn't really get along. Everybody else I had a great relationship with. Really did. Marcus Rashford uh, came out, I think, yesterday, denying that there's a rift between half the room and Cristiano Ronaldo's half and that Ronaldo's a cause of these divisions and I'm sure it's the media blowing things out of proportion but you do watch some of Ronaldo's body language in the field you saw it on, on uh, the game on Tuesday they won the game in the end but Jaden Sancho had a great run didn't pass the ball to him and just the look in Ronaldo's face and the arms I just want to punch him in the head if I was a teammate of his I don't care who you are you know it's so frustrating uh, so I'm, I'm sure it can happen but I don't know there has to be a limit I suppose he's still Ronaldo and Charms, that's all strikers. 
you see the looks that strikers give you if you don't give them service or you don't pass the ball to them. They give you daggers. They want to kill you. No, we know because we had Dickio. We had Dickio on this podcast, right? And we still do occasionally. And when I didn't give him the right question, the look he gave me. His arms are flailing in the air. Like, or I, I didn't serve him the right the right bourbon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and teacher was like that as well. Listen, don't don't get me wrong. On the pitch, if you didn't pass him the ball or put it where he wanted, he would give you a look, and you wouldn't even look at him because he was just like, I'm not looking. At Hey, that, that, that first year, when Deitch, when Deitch first arrived, so you see, he tells us a story that when he first arrived at TFC, um, he was stunned to see that they actually played on turf. Now, how you didn't do your research before signing a three-year deal and moving your family to another continent without realizing we, I don't know, we discussed that before. But uh, yeah. when he arrived, was, was he a moody <laughs> fellow in the room or, or did he seem to be enjoying himself? Let's get the inside scoop here from Jimmy about the early years of Danny Dicchio. Teach was awesome, man. I loved the big man. I loved him. He made me laugh. Uh, he was he was always up for a laugh. He was brilliant on the field. I mean, look, he caused the biggest one of the biggest fights on the pitch one day where he tried to try to bite Jim Jim Curtin's nose. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember jumping in that scuffle and I'm, I'm grabbing players and looking all the is He tried to bite. My nose, <laughs> and I look at Big Dicho. Right? He went, "Yeah." He's like that big prick. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we had our own Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, I remember that that Jim Jordan screaming, going, "You guys are a bunch of animals." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Look, Ten guys going, "Shut up." Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, if no, you wrote a book about just, the early just, years of TFC, Jimmy, some of those little anecdotes think it do very well. Oh, there were some there were some fun times that we had that first year. You yeah. loved the ruckus. <laughs> oh, the big man. Oh yeah. If we weren't gonna I win, he would, he would cause a ruckus at least. I guess we, we shouldn't talk as if he's dead. He's not dead, he's still alive. Just hey, I tell talks. you, I, and I've got a bone to pick with the big man, right? Because I'm gonna call him. All the times that I used to say to him, come on, Deitch, let's, let's go golfing. Or we, we'd be somewhere warm preseason. Deitch, let's go golfing. Ah, oh, I can't. I got a rod in my back. I can't do it. I'm struggling. I can't, I can't golf. You see him golfing all the time now? I know. <laughs> he's got the cigar in. He's golfing. <laughs> well, that's the way he moved to Sacramento, right? So he gets some nice weather and golf 12 months yeah, of the year. Okay. You know? He took Craig's inspiration. Can't believe it. He picked up the game late, but he's, uh, he's all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back's not so bad when uh, you're living in nice warm weather. I bet. Well, the we'll other thing is, he, back on the show soon enough. He shoots. Uh, he's like King Jong Un. He shoots like 18 out of 18 holes. <laughs> he came back in one time. Tell Craig and I that he shot like a plus two after his third time. You know, we we're like, I don't believe this tall fucker. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. That's probably uh, mini golf or something. <laughs> Dentonia at the very most. <laughs> Uh, Champions League this week, boys. Let's get that quickly before we end today's show. Uh, PSG beat Real Madrid 1-0. Um, Sporting lost 5-0 to City. Today, Liverpool beat Inter Milan 2-0. And uh, 1-1 mm. between Salzburg and Bayern Munich. The, the away goals rule is now no longer. And if you watched that Real Madrid-PSG game, you kind of wished it was back. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Real Madrid play so defensively? Yeah, it's true. They, they actually did a really good job. They, I mean, at it too. Do you think? Do you think that was different because of the way goals? Do you think that that made I, made yeah. their approach different? It's for Real Madrid. Nine? I know they're playing PSG. I know Real Madrid isn't isn't 
a, a classic Real Madrid team, but they're still, you know, doing very well in Spain. They've still got some world-class players. And, and to be that defensive, I think maybe it played a certain role in, mm. in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Might have, it might have, but they did a great job with it. And I think they, yeah. they, they uh, only had a one shot on net in the first half. And so I, I think, I think they did the right thing there. Defend a little bit, come out of there one nil down. You go back to Madrid and you get at them. Look, I mean, you got Di, Di Maria, Mbappe, Messi, Verratti, like all these players that PSG has. You have to be careful. Yeah. And it Messi missed a pen too, right? Hard. Huh? Messi missed a pen too. Yeah. He did, yeah. Yeah. Liverpool, great result. Great result. Yeah. Again, they weren't at their best, but there's, they have that ability, right? To, to, take yeah. big points against some very good teams and not playing at their best. Salah yeah, scored mean, a nice goal there. Unfortunately, Inter, they're not what they were even last year. I mean, they had, they got no pace to get in behind them. You know, Van Dyke mm-hmm. was just, had them in this, their he play was incredible. Pocket. Him and Canali right? as well were both very good today, actually. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. Harvey Elliott, 18 years old, got his Champions League debut today as well. Mm-hmm. Boy, that kid's going to be something pretty special. So that's yeah. a good performance. Um, even City, we were watching City, City yeah. they're done. That's done. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching City the last couple of weeks, and you know they, they just base cruise to these these big wins, no problem at all. Sterling, great goal. Um, I, I loved uh, Bernardo Silva's goal off the bounce. That was so difficult, but superbly put away. But you, you're seeing these kids coming onto City late in the game. Liam Delap coming on. James McAtee, yeah. Kai Kai, I think you pronounce his name. Like these guys who are no names at Man City getting minutes under Pet Guardiola. Yeah. <laughs> they won't all work out, but who knows? You know, in five years from now, we're talking about James McAtee yeah. as if we're talking about some of these other, you know, global studs on, Dude, on that team. It's scary. It's scary. The, the yeah. depth that they have and these young players that are coming through the system right now, and it's, it's frightening. Like, I mean, if you've got trust to play these young guys in a Champions League game at Sporting, and you win in five now, and you put these put, like, how good are how good are these young guys that you've got to put them on that you believe and you trust them to put them on in a Champions League game? Yeah. I mean, they got to be good. If you're playing Champions League football at 18, 19, 20 years old, you tell me you can't play anywhere else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? They might get they might get some playing time in the next game as well. I would think a few of them would too. Oh, it's scary with that scoreline. You know, it's done. So and he, interesting. Pep was like, uh, "Yeah, I wasn't really that happy. Very happy with the result and and how they. I think they had six shots on net and scored five. Right? He goes, "I yeah. wasn't happy that we we gave the ball away far too often." So, so Craig, if you think these young guys that that they're putting on getting Champions League experience, Premier League experience, and even two, three years down the line, they don't make it, but that's on their resume. So imagine the value of these players, these young guys going out to play Champions League, play Premier League, won a title. How much are they worth? Yeah, okay, but Jimmy, are they, is there a danger that they're spoiled because they've come through and now they're playing under Pep Guardiola, arguably the greatest coach of the modern era with some of the best players of the modern era, and maybe they're not good enough, and they're going to get a move to Watford under Roy Hodgson. Are, <laughs> are they spoiled? I don't know. Spoiled? It's a dream. Every player would want to learn under Pep and learn how to play that football and play with those players, right? But is um, there going to be uh, when, when they do move on and they 
operate under, and I hate to I call out poor Roy Hodgson. Yeah. I think he's a really good coach. <laughs> he's always the name yeah. that I go to. It's, it's not because he's not a sexy name, right? But yeah. you know, it's, uh, say they they get a uh, they end up in a league championship, League One. Yeah. They have a good career, make some decent money, but never a Premier League player. And they're yeah. playing under managers that aren't Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Is there is there a danger that they always compare their manager to Pep Guardiola? Yeah. And how can anyone ever really, you know? That's a that's a very good question. It is. It's a very good question. Um, and the only thing that I could say to you is that that depends on the mentality of the player. Mm-hmm. And if the player wants to think that he's better than he is because he's come from Man City, well, there's a reality, son. Like you're you're dropping down the division. Or you're, you're not a Man City anymore. You're at Palace. So you've got to go there. You've got to prove yourself and show why you were at Man City and why you were – why and how you're going to be one of the better players at this club, right? Because you've also got to appreciate that that club is investing in you because they believe that there's something there. So you owe that club something now that's mm-hmm. taking a gamble on you. But and- it's, all, it's all mental now. Now it's okay. I know where I am. I know where I am in football. I'm not at Man City anymore. Now I've got an opportunity to make a name for myself because it was too hard there for me to make a name for myself. I'm sure I got games, but now I'm at Palace or I'm at Watford or I'm at Sheffield Wednesday. And now it's an opportunity for me to, to break away from everything and just say, okay, let me get my career on track now and make a name for myself. Or one, of go the, the other way. one of the other things is too, that these young players, their, their manager that they worked under wasn't for the majority of the time pep. It was right. his assistants, his reserve coaches, his youth yeah. coaches, his system. Those are the guys that were working with him. The amount of times that these young boys have just got into the team have actually come across Pep in training, sure. But, you know, most of the time they were off doing something else with the other group, come over. Not a ton of interaction yet with the manager. You're just sort of sitting there, huh, you know. Yeah, it's, good, it's a good point. But but at City and like Barcelona, other clubs now as well, I think most top clubs do it. No matter what level you're at within that club, you're playing the same system as the first team, right? So yeah. you're playing 4-3-3 yeah. at the under 14s. You're playing 4-3-3 in the seniors. And, you know, the way they press, they're going to learn everything the way you to learn it. And if, you know, jettison to another team where they're not doing that. Again, it's like Jimmy said, it's the player's own mental makeup. Can they adapt? A good player can adapt no matter what, but it is still a big adjustment. I think so when, when young players move to other clubs, you have to give them a bit of time. You know, you can't expect them to be the, the finished product straight away. And a lot of them do, do, do not make it to even at that grade, you know, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's a tough situation coming from sometimes the big clubs too. Yeah. Um, we should mention that we're recording this podcast uh, just before Forge take on Cruz Azul in the CONCACAF Champions mm-hmm. League. We have Bobby Smirniotas on uh, a couple of weeks back. And if you listen to that interview, if you haven't listened to it, it's fantastic. But uh, that's a huge match. Uh, Montreal lost 1-0 to Santos Laguna uh, earlier this week. I think actually last night, wasn't it? So uh, the Champions League is kicking off in action. Um, shall we move on now, Wonga, to uh, our, our footy picks? Is it time? Yeah, let's do footy picks, but I don't think Jimmy can sing it yet. So I'll drop mm. in uh, Danny's voice into this, and we can start from here. <laughs> so right, Man City, speaking yeah. of Man City, Man City hosting Tottenham Hotspur. Now the over-under is three for this game, Craig. What are you thinking? Spurs so erratic right now. Um, Conte is just not happy about anything. They were <laughs> pathetic 
on the weekend. In fact, all the last week, they were pathetic. What's the damage in this one? Oh, man, that's a good question. They lost three in a bounce, haven't they, under Conte? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they looked horrible defensively. Um, at the wrong time to be going to, to City. I'm going to say 3-0 City. Jimmy? Uh, <laughs> 2-0. 2-0 City? Yeah. Do you think City have any interest in Harry Kane anymore? Given how he's just sulked so much this year. And let's no. be honest, they keep saying, oh, he's looking better. He's showing, he's got f- think five goals in the season. They, they've just looked average all over the place, you know. And and the biggest problem is defensively, they just, they're just going through a really bad spell and their confidence is so low. And every time the ball comes in the box, they're everywhere in for their goalkeeper, their defensive core, absolutely panicking. Yeah, it's going to be an So here, here's one for you. Okay. Tell me what you think of this. You had a price tag. What was it, 100 mil? Right. Yep. It said no. More than that, I think 125 or something crazy. Okay. Tottenham's having a stinker right now. Not performing. Losing matches. He's not scoring. Mm. Now, does Man City know the potential that Kane has and start going, ooh, price tag might drop a little bit here and maybe now's the time to go get him? Mm -hmm. In which case, Daniel Levy's got even more to answer for. He could have got 100 and I think they were talking 120, I think, when we were talking about it, wasn't it, Charms? Yeah, Yeah. you know, the numbers, it was between 120 and 150. It kind of fluctuated between there, didn't it? Really, if you're Man City, you could be sitting there rubbing your hands going, hey, we could get him cheaper now. Or (laughs) or they can get, you know, Haaland for the same kind of money, (laughs) right? Who's better at this point than Harry Kane, at least from what he's shown this season. Yeah, you know, because Man City, you know, have been really worried about the money in the past. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't Gareth Bale was he the first 100 million pound player was he the first one yes he was right yeah. Jimmy's got some history with Gareth Bale haven't you Jimmy nah, okay. kickstart his career yeah yeah tell the story Jimmy let's guess you know what it's story time with Jimmy <laughs> do we have to yeah yeah okay. so anyways you did write in the ch- chat there should we speak about the Bale story yeah I leave, I leave Norwich, and <laughs> I end up going to, to Southampton. George Burley's the manager at the time, all right? Got some good players in the squad. And I end up playing every single game. Now, my contract that when I went there was just for like seven months or whatever it was. I was like, look, I need to, need to get, out, get out of Norwich right now because I was getting quite a few injuries. I needed a change. George Burley phones and says, listen, would you come to Southampton? I said, yeah, yeah, of course. Great club, good organization. I said, yeah, I'll come to Southampton. I'm there and I'm playing every match for the club, right? I'm having a really good, you know, half a season that I'm there. I'm having a really good, good go and performing, helping create goals, up and down the line, getting along with the guys in the dress room. Things are really good. We finish off the season really well. So I go in to see George. George goes, Jimmy, he goes, come on, sit down. I was like, perfect. I said, what do you think, George? He goes, Jimmy, he goes, I couldn't say one bad word about you. He goes, I thought you were brilliant. I said, oh, thanks, George, so much. And he goes, uh, 
You know, you played every game for me. You did everything that I asked. You got along with the boys in the dress room, the coaching staff. You're like, yeah, I'm like, perfect. I'm thinking, here he comes. You can offer me a contract. He goes, but I can't offer you a contract. <laughs> and I was like, what? He goes, I can't offer you a contract. I was like, fuck off, George. Come on. <laughs> what are you offering me here? Let's hear it. He goes, no, I can't. I said, no, you can. You just told me what I did. He goes, I can't. He goes, I got this young kid that's coming through. I said, who? He goes, Gareth Bale. I said, Gareth, the one with the big ears. That, that, he goes, yeah. I said, him? You're, get, you're taking him over me. He goes, well, yeah, we have to. I said, what do you mean you have to? He goes, well, you know, he's got a few people watching him. A few people watching him. I played every game for you. He goes, well, I can't do anything about it. I was like, George, that's bollocks. I'm out of here. So I leave. <laughs> Next thing, Gareth Bale comes through, plays what, 30 games and gets sold for millions and then goes to Tottenham. And then he's at Real Madrid. Uh, so five Champions League later. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So George made a good decision then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think so. That was the worst job interview ever, Jimmy. Hey, if you're going to lose your job to somebody, at least it's Garrett Bell. Yeah, it's almost worth the heartbreak you felt in that office on that day, that fateful day. It's almost worth it now, right? Because all these years later. It was a way that he set me up and then just stuck it in me. (laughs) Not too bad. But they did call me back. They did call me back like two months later and said, hey, listen, you know what's your situation? But I signed for Toronto then. I went too bad. So you could have gone back to Southampton. I think that they, they knew he was gone. They were selling. You, so you, but you could have gone back to Southampton at that point. Yeah, yeah. Really? But you were cemented here. You, you, did you entertain that thought or were you too happy here? No, I already signed in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Good. But I mean, when you, when you, you could have gone back there though. I mean, were you really happy at that point in Toronto? There's no way you were going to, you know, move back over to England at that point in your career. It, it, it was in the back of my mind. It was in the back of my mind. You know, do you, would you like to go back to Saints? And then how do you get out of this? But you know, I got no, no regrets coming to Toronto. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved the challenge. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I definitely, had, when my contract was up at Saints, I thought I was going to stay in England. I had a couple of contract offers that were coming in, but you started mm-hmm. to look at 29, 30. I was thinking, you know, is now the time to go back home and, and, and play in Toronto, knowing that Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment is... You know, and you met your lovely wife, of course, when you come back. What, the one that I divorced? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. You should have stayed in Southampton. <laughs> no, but I got, I got to give her something. Like she did, she gave me three beautiful kids. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's the divorce roundtable here. I'm the one lone outlier who's yet to go through that. You might need another sip of that beer there, Jimmy. <laughs> I think you need about 19 more sips of 19 uh, more don't beers. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> hey, hey, Jimmy, was it um, when who, who first approached you to come to Toronto? Was it Mo or, or was it someone else? No, um, it was it was Barry Barry McLean. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he reached out and uh, Tom and Salmi. I had a great con- conversation with Tom and Salmi. He told me all about what the vision was and what they were looking to do the stadium. Um, and uh, it just felt right. I think when you once you know MLSC is involved, you know they're going all in, mm-hmm. right? And if it was, I think it was, if it was anybody else, I would never have done it. I would have stayed stayed over in England, but because. I knew what MLSC was like. And when they say they're going to do something, they do it and they do it right. right? Well, they the can, press conference, correct me if I'm wrong here, the press conference was the CN Tower, right? 
to announce you? For me? Wasn't it? No. It Which was, one was that? There was Marco Redder, there was Chris Posniak. Wasn't it you? No, I think I, got, I think I got like Finn McCool's on King Street. No, Jimmy was at Scallywags. Was it yeah. Scallies? Were you, okay, so I'm trying to think though, because there, there were so many press conferences early on. There were so, so many. Were you, were you just announced by yourself at the press conference as the first signing and the first captain, right? Yeah. So, because in the CN Tower, then it was Paz and it was Marco Redder and it was someone else too. Maybe it was Robbo. Maybe Robbo. Yeah, it wasn't me. I was, wasn't with, you, I was sitting with Mo. That's Scallywags. And it was pissing down with rain, wasn't it? Craig, remember that? It was Scallywags. I think it was. Upstairs at Scallywags, yeah? Yep. And it was almost outdoors, but it was a thunderstorm, if I'm correct. And the water was leaking on, on the board. And was they that were terrified Claire? They electrocute on people. On yeah, yeah, Claire? Claire. Yeah. 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 yeah it, was. it was raining. That, that cloud's been following me around for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have. I'm getting back to Southampton. They want I me. just opened my window. It's raining right now. <laughs> hey Shard, we gotta hit Leeds United and you know Leeds United and Man United. Okay. Oh, big rivalry. People don't realize that. You know, people haven't watched Leeds in the last twenty years in the Prem, but uh Leeds and United one of the biggest rivalries in English football, eh, Craig? Leeds uh I don't know what Leeds are. I, they can look really good and they can look really bad. Look really bad against Everton last week. Uh United, much the same. <laughs> what the hell's happening yeah. here? Very tough one to get uh guess. The only thing is Leeds uh, with their injury problems still key positions. I think, man, you nick this one. I think they, uh, two to one, I'm going to say United, um, in a close one. Leeds will battle, but fair to me. Miss a few chances. Okay. Two one United. Julian. Three one United. Ooh, I'm going to take the, I, you both said it. I'm going to take the over for that game. Also, forgot to, that's the end of footy picks, but, Christian Eriksen played in that friendly too for Brentford. Mm-hmm. He did. Is he, he going to yeah. play this weekend? Do we know? I don't know. I haven't the press conferences will be tomorrow? I'm, I oh, think okay. he's going to. I wouldn't think he'll be available just yet. He won't be up to match fitness. I wouldn't think. That's making me so uncomfortable. I, I know. Well, we, we yeah. Seriously, there's nervous. no doubt. If he's healthy, he's healthy and, and good for him. Yeah. But there won't be a, uh, someone, anyone in the house when he takes a field for the first time who oh, isn't wow. nervous. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is an interesting situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it works out because I'll tell you what, let's forget the uh, the heart ailment, but this is uh, Christian Friggin Erickson playing for Brentford. If you're a Brentford <laughs> fan, you can't believe what you are. You're living in freaking La La Land right now and you're in the Premier League. You had a pretty good season. I know they've, they're slipping and sliding right now, but you got this this wonderful world talent coming to your club. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, but you're right. Not the most good word. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Amazing. Um, All right, fellas, shall we call it a day? That's an hour. It's an easy hour. Yeah, flew by. Um, We are apologies for not having an interview this week. We had lined up. It got cancelled last second, but fear not. We will have it for you as per usual next week. And uh, Friday, we'll have news and such as well. Discuss more things from the football world. Uh, Jimmy, thank you very much. Craig, thank you very much. Wonga, as always, thank you very much. Uh, make sure you subscribe, you like, you, you retweet, and you tell your friends and your family. And <laughs> Hey, you, you got worse things to do, haven't you? Jesus. All right, bye. Subscribe. Subscribe. Hey, Charms, yeah. you're holding a cricket ball there, aren't you? I am, yeah. 
How much you bet I can bowl you out? Oh, you know what? Let's get this summer or this spring. We'll get into uh, some nets because you won't be able to. Ooh. I think I can. I'll take you for like an over. I'll get you out a couple of times for sure. You haven't seen me bowl yet. <laughs> you haven't seen me bowl yet. <laughs> well, I've got the ball. I've got some pads somewhere as well. I need a bat. You're both going to tear your. You're both going to tear your uh, shoulder, your labrum. <laughs> I know, probably, probably. We're going to record it as well. I've got All a right. bat, but it's signed by uh, Desmond Haynes and Gordon Greenwich, so I can't. I can't use it. Two West Indian legends. Now I'll tell you, my my Yorker. It's all right. It's not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you'll do that. We'll, we'll get the cameras out, and maybe we keep talking about doing uh, footy prime videos. And one of these days, we will. Maybe we'll do that, Wonger. Yeah, yeah. When it's not minus thirty-eight and yeah. snowing, and yeah, yeah, it's nine degrees today. Unless about? someone's got access to indoor nets, I have no idea where you'd find them. But anyway, look at that. Ooh, We've got some new Puma gear too. Did you sign off yet? Are we waiting to sign off? This is I, I did, but we kind of let it go a little bit longer. Right. So I'll, I'll try again. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.